There are so many religions in the world. How are they similar and how are they different? We need to know. The culturally correct view is to blend them all together as equally relevant and legitimate. But is that true? Prior to becoming a follower of Jesus, your host, Mike Shreve, was an avid seeker of truth, exploring many paths to spirituality. One of his passions now is to help bridge the gap so that others can discover the true light, which gives light to everyone entering the world. Now, here's Mike Shreve revealing the true light. There are a variety of beliefs in world religions concerning the existence of evil spirits, how they came into being, and of course, how to deal with them. This is just a brief overview. There's no way on this podcast we could fully explore such a vast subject. But something that does need to be addressed, definitely. And so we're going to give you some insights into what the approaches are in various religious groups. Let's start with the United Church of Religious Science, which was a new thought group founded by Dr. Ernest Holmes. And when I say new thought, that's a group that is reinterpreting Christianity in a new philosophical slant. And usually it's very much akin to the New Age point of view. But uh, this is what Dr. Ernest Holmes said. The only devil we shall ever know will be that which appears as the result of our negative thinking. Also, he said, the devil is anything which denies the unity of good, the allness of truth, and our oneness with spirit. In other words, all human beings, whether they appear good or evil, are all one with the spirit of God. And there's a monistic kind of view in that group that everything is of the truth and everything is ultimately good. Evil spirits, according to Dr. Holmes, are discordant and chaotic thought patterns consciously retained, which tend to influence the conscious faculties negatively. So again, evil spirits are not actual entities in that worldview, but just a way of identifying negative thought patterns. And I'm sure there's other groups that embrace that point of view such as Baha'i. The Baha'i religion is an offshoot of Islam, and it explains satanic beings as being metaphorical, not literal. Hinduism, on the other hand, believes that evil spirits were actually created from Brahma's side, created with an evil nature, and that possibly they can be human beings, who lived evil lives or failed to follow their dharma. And your dharma is your purpose, your destiny, what you believe and how you live as a result. That's a different point of view altogether. Zoroastrianism, which is a Persian religion, traces the existence of demons to Ahriman, who is the god of evil and darkness. In that religion, it's a dualistic approach to God. There is a god of light and goodness, and there is a god of darkness and evil. The god of light is called the wise lord and is referred to as Ahura Mazda, and the god of darkness is Ahriman. 
And Ariman uh, possesses the power to create. And so in that worldview, demons were created by the god of darkness. In Taoism, the ancient Chinese religion, evil spirits may actually be disembodied human spirits who suffered violent deaths or those who were buried without the necessary prescribed rituals. And so they roam the earth and perform evil things. Islam is very interesting in its approach. It distinguishes between two different kinds of supernatural beings. It contrasts the jinn, J-I-N-N, and demons. Both can have a negative influence on humans. However, jinn, who are invisible beings, were made from smokeless fire and are similar to humans in that they can eat and drink, have children and die, are subject to judgment by God, and will either be sent to heaven or hell. They roamed the earth before Adam was created, and they are created good, but may succumb to wicked influences and become evil as a result, affecting human beings in evil ways. On the other hand, some jinn are benevolent and helpful to humans. The lines between jinn and evil spirits are often blurred in Islamic thinking. The devil is referred to as Iblis, who was either an angel or a jinn. There's different opinions on that, but the primary narrative behind it is that Iblis refused to prostrate himself before Adam when God commanded it in the beginning, because having been made of fire, he felt he was superior to Adam, who was made of mud. Demons are referred to as shayatin, who are incapable of good. Now, that's different than the jinn, who can be either good or evil. But demons, shayatin, are incapable of good and limited to evil, and some believe they were created out of hellfire. So there's a lot of various ideas in Islam concerning the invisible spirit world. When we get to Christianity, we find out that definitely demons or evil spirits were previously considered angels. And where do we get that? Well, in Matthew 25, verse 41, Jesus gave the parable of the sheep and the goats. And the goats were condemned to hell, which he said was created for the devil and his angels. Very clear reference to the fact that they either were or are angelic beings signifying uh, that they also have a destiny in hell. Revelation chapter 12, verses 1 through 10, also agrees with that. And I'm going to that book of the Bible right now for a few moments. We read about a great fiery red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. And his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. That's where people get the idea that a third of the angels fell when Satan fell. And that may be the meaning of this metaphorical symbol. 
but we're not told clearly in the Bible that a quote-unquote one-third of the angels fell. It's possible. And then it says, as you read on in this passage, that there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. So there again, you have that terminology in reference to the demonic underlings that work with Satan. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. And he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So there is a blanket covering around the globe of demonic influence. I personally do not believe that Satan is omnipresent. I don't believe he tempts every human being personally on a daily basis. But through this network of demonic underlings, he does. He does come against human beings on an ongoing basis. Thank God we find in Revelation 12 the key to overcoming spirits, which was clearly revealed in how Jesus overcame Satan during the temptation in the wilderness. He, even though he was the word made flesh, he was the living word in a human bodily form, he resorted to the written word in his conflict with Satan. He said three times, it is written, it is written, it is written, and quoted the word to the devil who departed from him as a result for a season. And in like manner, in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11 it says that when the devil was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out of heaven with him, that those who had the testimony of Jesus Christ and kept the commandments of God uh, overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So the means of overcoming demon spirits is clearly claiming the blood of Jesus and of course, speaking the name of Jesus, because the apostles and disciples came back when the, the 70 were sent out and they said, even the devils are subject to us through your name. So speaking the name of Jesus is, of course, a source of authority over demon spirits and the word, the word of our testimony, declaring it is written and we're in a safe place when we're not egotistical, prideful, self-willed individuals, but we love not our lives unto the death. In other words, we surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and present it to him on an altar, and we belong to him as a result. Let's go to some other biblical scriptures that tell us a little bit more information. The Bible is somewhat vague about demons as far as their origin and nature is concerned, but there's enough information to get a good view of what we're dealing with. Uh, for instance, and I'll just give you some quick references. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 4 says, God did not spare the angels who sinned. So we know that they were angels, evidently good angels, evidently created with a good nature, but they sinned and the Bible says he cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. All right. And then Jude chapter one, verse six says the angels did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode. 
and as a result were reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. And of course, there's differences of opinion on what that refers to. When Jesus cast demons out of the man who was possessed with a legion of spirits in the country of the Gergesenes, the Bible says that the demons cried out to Jesus and said, what have we to do with you, Jesus, O son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? So apparently they know that they are consigned to everlasting doom, though presently they're able to torment human beings. And then in Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, it talked about how the devil who deceived the human race was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and tormented day and night forever. And so we assume that's the lot and the ultimate destiny of the demons that serve under the devil. So that's a quick overview of what some religions believe concerning the origin of evil spirits, the nature of evil spirits, and the destiny of evil spirits. The biblical view, of course, is the only view that we can trust in as being a reliable source. And thank God, our source of information lets us know we overcome. Because in Revelation 12, it did not say we will overcome, future tense. It said they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives unto death. And so in a future prophetic view of the the enemy's attack against the body of Christ in the last days, John the Revelator did not put it futuristically, but spoke it as if it was a done deal. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb. That's actually the present perfect tense, something that happens in the past, but continues into the future. And it was God's way of showing, ultimately, it is inescapable that Satan and his demons, his angels, will be conquered and we will emerge triumphant. Thank you for joining Mike Shreve today on Revealing the True Light. And thank you for opening your mind and your heart to the truth. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss new episodes. You can explore the beliefs of many world religions more deeply by ordering Mike Shreve's book titled In Search of the True Light. We also invite you to visit our website, thetruelight.net, and sign up to be part of our global internet family.